his Legos just Please, like man this this is this is that sensitive huh what happened my microphone is that sensitive I moved the box dude <laughs> That's oh what yeah, I did. yeah nah it's all good um, um real quick Joel we actually have a a newcomer uh Lopez he's gonna be joining us yeah he hit us up on Instagram and um he has some sauce for us bro in regards to um to what i'll let him speak for himself well we like sauce we like we got some sauce at, at the at the cantina we like sauce yeah the spicier the better dude. we hello, got a uh, hello hey man welcome to the show what's up guys greetings happy to be here yeah, man. Th um, thanks for uh, thanks for joining and uh, what you got for us, Mike. So, right off the bat, Quinones, from what I heard, going to America. Um, Kane, possible. Chelsea still uh, possible move to Chelsea. The only way, only thing in his way right now is his wife. Um, uh, I can't really say too much about what I know, but I did have some conversations with some close family friends. Uh, Harry Kane is like, he's really tore right now in between what club he wants to choose. Um, and Mexico, doing Mexico things, right? Beating a not so strong opposition, but still performing as we expect him to because their top three, CONCACAF, should always be doing this, uh, no matter the squad. And I think you guys made it very clear uh, last pod about the size of what we have in our country and how underdeveloped it actually is. And that's only due to how underdeveloped the uh, youth system is. And I'm going to let it be known right now that the corruption stems very, very deep in this game and the system, like, extremely. So that's what undermines a lot of the uh, decisions. Yeah. Um, so that's it for right now. As far as, like, is it true the whole, like, pay-to-play thing? Yes. Yeah. Big time. So, from my experience, they'll have a handful of players that they're hijos de papis. So, like, broadcaster kids, uh, kids that just grow up with money, and the ki the family will just pay any Mexican team, any Mexican club to allow them to play for as long as they want. So, a lot of kids do develop, play, uh, be very good, decent players, but... Uh, los chavalos, you know, the ones that come from the barrios, uh, the ones that have real raw talent, you know, they, they play football champagne, you know, these guys tecatitos coronas, right? They don't you can't just build that on the field that's something that's just that's just something you're born with and unfortunately the Mexican national team um, it's not even the Mexican national team, it's more of a they're trying to copy a European play style, which is uh, grab guys that are uh, six foot above and just strong. But from obviously from what we're seeing, it's not really working at the moment. Yeah, I was watching today's game. Uh, you know, welcome everybody, by the way. And you know, Mexico first 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 half was uh, más o menos, and then obviously they they get a goal early in the first half in the second half, which is good, and then a, an own goal. And then, you know, IT scores. They they were dominant in the air. They were dominant on set pieces. 
a problem that was fixed by Ricardo Osorio and now has redeveloped. So it is the coach, you know? And I feel like, yo, like, we're not going to beat him on height. These dudes are huge. And I don't know why Mexico, in certain parts of the match, insisted on crossing the ball. It's like, that's not playing to our strengths. We have El Bebote, who's like probably like our tallest striker that we have right now. And it's just like, still, man, like, these dudes are huge. Like, we got to know our strengths and our weaknesses and, and play to them. And that part really dis disappointed me from Jimmy Lozano. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know if the pants are too big for him to fill. But as of right now, he's he's two for two. You know, he's won both matches. And he's got a he's got a pretty good chance of, of going undefeated on Sunday here in San Jose. How did Qatar do? Did they tie? That's, Last I saw, they were 1-1. One, one. Uh, great question. I actually don't know how that match finished up. I'll check right now. Uh, yeah, they tied yeah. up Honduras. Uh, I'm not sure. Jimmy started uh, Henry, didn't he? Yeah, they did the same lineup uh, as they did in the first game against Honduras. And, you know, got pretty much the same results. I do like the fact that Santi finally got his goal. You know, the monkey off your back and all that. And, um, you know, maybe we'll have Super Elbow Drop join us early, uh, later today. But he put it in the group chat. He's like, hey, you know, if it wasn't for that own goal, we would have, you know, potentially tied. There was a point in the match where, you know, after I scored that goal, you know, it looked like they were having a little mini comeback. And they, they could have easily had a second goal. So... A little shaky, but in the end, Mexico gets the job done. I don't think the actual tournament will start for Mexico until probably semifinals. Who would they face in the next round? Uh, it's, it's pretty I, obvious right now they're going to be first. It's I want to say it's the runner-up from Group D. Yeah, so as of right now, Guatemala, Canada, Guadalupe, and Cuba. Hmm. But you so, know Canada's not bringing their best, so I mean, it, it, it anyone that they face in the next round, it, it doesn't really matter, dude. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, I don't even. I'm not even convinced by USA either. So it's like, I'm more honestly, I'm more concerned about Jamaica. I think Jamaica's better than than. Yes. Uh, it, it does matter to an extent. Right? You don't really want to lose to these teams, but. You have some of the teams like even Canada, and then you know that, that we, you know, they when they play Mex, they tend to play up. Yeah, play up and play down. You know, Mex yeah, Mex, Mex still favorite. They're still favorites, but I mean, you saw like in the first half, people were booing the national team, mm -hmm. and it's like we have this perception that Mex has to steamroll through the region and it's just like if you if you look at the history of mexico of all world cup qualifying since it started it's never really done that um i think what's changed our perception a lot has been that gold cup gets played in the u.s and for mexico it's a bit of a home you know home away from home mm -hmm. um at least fan support you know they, they feel that like the home team and I think that's changed a lot, and that's been, what, since 91, which every Gold Cup played in the U.S., right? It's, it's, so it's even helped the U.S. to that extent where, you know, 
Imagine always having the tournament in your backyard. What happened in um, all, all three, though? Mex, um, Mex hosted, but they only hosted their games. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so they just stayed at Azteca, and the rest of the games were. Well, not there was still some games played at Azteca, but Mexico never left. Um, but if you look at like Gold Cup and look at the history of Gold Cup, and you see the other teams winning it when they got to host it. And I think uh, CONCACAF needs to do something like that, go back to something like that, even if it means like 03, where the host just stays at home. You know, because Honduras, they suck right now, but when they have their best players, they can be a a very tough opponent, and especially playing in in their home. Uh, Costa Rica, we've seen what they could do, you know. Um, and same with some of these other teams, uh, that they've kind of like Jamaica, Panama. So it's, it sucks for them that the, the tournament's always here in the U S and in that sense, because like you want to be able to win something, you know, it, it's going to inspire like little kids watching and not see your team as it never wins anything. Yeah, I think uh, two things. Number one, the fact that we have the Gold Cup every two years, it's it's a little played out, man. Like, it loses its prestige. And then the other thing, too, is like, yeah, you know, it's it's always in the U.S. It's always comfortable. It's always, you know, I understand that they have the infrastructure, and I understand that this is where it generates the most money. But I would like to see yeah. things change up. You know, even if it is, like, having it in Mexico, why not? You know, why does USA always have, like, first dibs at all these tournaments? I understand that we're in the middle of like hosting a, a World Cup in you know three years from now, but look, dude, like the Gold Cup, it should be, it, it belongs to everybody, you know, and and I I think they should rotate it around, and uh, you know give everybody else a chance to to host and yeah. and to get a, even if it's hosting their own games. Yeah, for like sure. Like Mexico no three, like Mexico no three, but that would you know that would help these teams, and dude, I guarantee you they would have. They would get their wins because these teams have beaten the Mexico's, the U.S.'s in their own home. And who's to say they wouldn't do that in a in a semifinal or in a final? Yeah. You know? this, um, this is what I would do. You, you got four groups. You you seed. You know, you give like a seed to each like one one country in each group, and they get to host their matches, right? I think that would be fair. Yeah. yeah, but I'm sure if you ask the federations, they would disagree because it's like money that goes back to the federation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, 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 and not, well, and also money to organize an event. Sometimes they don't have uh, everything needed to have. So I, I was yeah. at the game that U.S. played yesterday. Man, that was so sad to watch. I was watching like pros. There's like a high school team. Like, <laughs> like there's the body movement, the IQ. So you're like, if it's a population of like twenty, thirty thousand, there's no way they can host. You know the they have their league. They have like a twelve team league. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the players from that league it makes one percent of the male population. That's how small it is. They're not gonna be hosting <laughs> any international games. Yeah, unfortunately, when it comes to these situations, it really is about the money and how much the United States can actually provide, and it is the cash cow, cash cow, like you guys said. Yeah. And also, 
wouldn't feel bad for them because for them, this is their World Cup, bro. Like, this is like, wow, going to America, these big stadiums, these nice luxuries, like, playing against No, tampoco, wey, tampoco, wey. No, like, no, no, yeah, like these from yesterday, you know, like, St. Kitts and Nevis, or how you pronounce it? Oh, like, those, those, those damn, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah that's, 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 that's like their World Cup. Obviously not Costa Rica, <laughs> Panama, or whatever, but some other of these little teams, like Martinique or whatever, so mm-hmm. this is like the World Cup, man. Like, they're enjoying it. <laughs> it's like Disneyland for them, bro. I think it's it's not the World Cup. It's Disneyland. It's Disneyland. Um, yeah. Hey, do they have to pay for their own trip? Like, to get to the uh, States? So, yeah. for those, uh, it depends. So, um, I know for the Mexican, well, for the bigger national teams, as a player, you do have to pay for some anemones. That would be maybe your jersey. Uh, an extra jersey is provided sometimes. Hmm. Uh, boots are always paid by yourself unless you have a sponsor. They'll provide the boots. Um, and as far for boots, you guys, it's never what they're going to sell you in store. It's They always have yeah. some customized version. Always, 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 always. Yeah. Yes. No, I was meaning more of like the, you know, the flights and all that. Flights? Yeah, hotel. Um, I believe for senior pros, that's the problem a lot of times where the national teams do not give them as like a lot of, uh, let's say, uh, like passages. So maybe they'll have to pay like a 10% of the hotel, um, but bigger nations sometimes will pay everything. It just depends. It really does depend on the uh, competition too. You know what's funny? Oh. There was a story oh, about Slatan Ibrahimovic. I'll, I'll, real quick. Uh, how they stayed at a hotel and he was thirsty and he opened up the mini fridge and then he didn't really think anything of it. And then on his next paycheck, he was deducted from the <laughs> from the mini fridge and he was upset. Damn. He's like, hey, why'd you guys take a quid from my, my salary? And they're like, oh, well, you drink for the mini fridge and he said that in Italy, like they would never do anything like that. Like the the hospitality in in Italy is is incredible. Like you know, by the time you go and sign with your club, they already have a house for you, an agent, everything, dude. It's like they take care of you. And he said that was like the real difference between like England and and Serie A. Yeah, with with Max, what I've heard is they'll they'll buy them the plane tickets, and then sometimes. Um, They'll just throw them in in coach. So you've had in the past some players complain, uh, especially those that travel far, like they're in Europe. The story I remember most was with, uh, I think Paco Palencia when he was playing in Espanol in Barcelona, and they they booked his flights all fucked up, and you you know they made him fly Spirit Airlines. He had to throw hands. Yeah. It's like, you want this I mean, seat, you're going to have to fight for it, orally. Yeah, he wants upgrades to come out of you. But I mean, a fed like Max should really have no problems paying. Yeah. I, I miss the days of uh, Jorge Vergara's private jet. And he would just... Yeah, to sell it, dude. He, 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 he would sometimes... I know the, the national team sometimes would use it, and then he would also send players to Colombia and stuff. Like... Just, <laughs> some psychiatry lessons and stuff is crazy um uh lopez i meant to ask you because everyone totally forgot about this but the copa de campeones you went to that how, how was that experience i actually didn't go oh <laughs> i was in the vicinity though i was around a lot of people i can't say where i was but i was around a lot of uh let's say just people that know the players and with and some players too um but yeah i'm pretty sure you guys saw on tv how dead it was so that answers itself. <laughs> um, 
preparación, you know, it's just a juego de preparación. Sure, the players are going to want to play for that trophy, but at the end of the day, it's a kind of a plastic trophy right now, especially, as you guys put it, uh, it's being played in Portolandia. If it was being played yeah. in Mexico, I think it'd be a way different environment. Yeah, absolutely. I I totally forgot about that cup. It was at, where was it at the Carson? Yeah, I think it was in L.A. Yeah, yeah, Carson. Yeah, for sure. As far as the today's game and, you know, seeing the scoreline and, and seeing this Mexican team under Jimmy, you know, how do you guys feel? Are, are you guys feeling like, yeah, this is an improvement over Coca or I don't know. If, I don't know about this Lambo Jimmy. I don't know why everyone's overhyping it. He said these are games that were expected to be victories. Like I really want to know, you know, if Lam, if if Jimmy's the the answer to this, or should we be looking at replacements? I think he's he's a very good coach, especially when you've been training Las Inferiores. You know how the players work. You know what you have to do, and you know how to motivate the players. And the part of being Mexican and being rooted to your culture is so important, especially when you're playing big games. It, the amount of pressure the player feels having not just the fan base, but having that connection to the country, it's incredible. It's, it's like nothing else. It's that, it's that fire that never stops burning. And Jimmy, I think this cup isn't, I think it's a good preparation to see what he can do tactically but the big games are obviously going to be, I would I would put Jamaica in there, but Jamaica, USA, and Canada. But after that, we're going to have to see what he really has in store for us. And Santi, Santi's a real deal. Santi's a real deal. Yeah, it's a little competition there between him and, and Henry Martin. Honestly, I don't know what people see in Henry. Like, he had, he had a sitter that he missed in the first half, and, you know, he was, he was lucky to get that goal in the second half, but... I would personally, based on the season that they had, I would have put Santi as a starter. Uh, I think it's you know it's his time to shine, and this is a tournament, a perfect tournament to to showcase that. Um, yeah, that's how I feel about it. And then as far as Edson Alvarez, uh, do we even have to explain why the deal fell through with Borussia Dortmund? I mean, it was pretty evident today, man. I, I don't think he's worth what they're asking for. I mean, as far as, like, the first point with uh, Jimmy, I think Edson Alvarez gave you that answer when he said, this is the first time I have a coach that's Mexican on the national team. And, you know, it's a different type of feel. It's a different type of vibe, and the players feel more comfortable. As far as his move falling through, rumors is that his club screwed him over, that they kept asking for more and more, uh, you know, trying to start a bidding war between them and West Ham because West Ham is releasing uh, Rice, and they kind of need a backup, too, so it backfired on them. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised because they didn't let him go last time. So it looks like he might have been screwed. I mean, is he not playing, like, the best with Mexico? Maybe, maybe not. But at his club, he's stepping up for them. He can play center back. He can play center, center defensive mid. He can score on set pieces. So I think there's still a pretty good image of him in Europe. It just feels like probably his club Ajax just fucked him over. Got a little bit too greedy there. I don't know, Lopez. Do you have any insight on on that on that deal? Uh, I I think he's spot on the money with that one. I haven't heard a, too much about it. 
that's just because Edson has been rumored even in past seasons about how he's been going to clubs but ends up just staying uh if the time's to move it's time now and i'm not sure what the price is for him but i i don't think he's premier league quality to be honest with you guys i i think he's he he's a little bit too much the fumbles a little bit too much on the ball i'm not sure if he could keep up to the pace that's just me though Yeah, what was that biggest criticism that uh, Schneider gave to both Jorge Sanchez and Edson? It's like, hey, these guys know how to how to play back, play lateral, but they don't know how to move forward with the ball. Um, and you know, that's a fair criticism. Um, I know in Holland, you know they they have like one of the best schools in, in the world next to Barcelona. So yeah, I, I understand the criticism, um, but uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Nothing wrong with him staying at Ajax, but obviously it's time for him to step up to the big leagues. Uh, I think the Bundesliga would have been a great move for him. Uh, I miss the Bundesliga. I miss pl Mexican players playing in the Bundesliga. I, I I genuinely enjoy that league, but I haven't been following it because there's no Mexicans there. You know, Chicharito was there, Fabian was there, Salcedo was there. It's like uh, it's a fun league, and the Germans like they love the the Mexican connection and. Uh, yeah, it's it's a shame that he's not gonna be going to Dortmund, but you know maybe we'll see something before the the window closes. I feel like this was been a you know not a anticlimactic transfer window for Mexicans. Yeah, I agree. Um, although I would say we're kind of falling out of a golden generation of players in general, where we used to have world-class players playing everywhere but as to now we unfortunately we don't really have those big big star players as before you could say we had Ribery, Robin and that's that's just European players but even Mexican players as in Gio, both Geos, uh, Rafa um, you can name an abundance of players that were at that at least mid mid-European level as to now where we're stuck with a lot of um, Liga Mekis players which sure um, play great at club level, but again, club level, especially in Liga Mekis, is not. Uh, I, th I know you guys like to compare it to the Netherlands, but I would say the Netherlands is at a much higher intensity. Um, that's why I think Santi's going to be so much better off there, too. Yeah, I think they talked about it about the difference between like Mexico and Holland, and the talent wise and capability is there. It's just like the level of consistency and, and the discipline week in and week out it's like just the intensity is there and in mexico it's very inconsistent and that's that that also you know reflects on the national team right like we have our hot and cold uh you know moments and we don't have that level of consistency every well, week I, I think that that's more so for the better players so if you're one of the top players there's not that much competition for you and that's that's when they did the you know they they did the increase in foreigners, so now you don't have that many people you know that are gonna compete against you and try to knock you out out of a like a um, national team spot. Um, so Aldo Sanchez made a pretty good point. It was like a few weeks back about how much easier it is now to get into the national team than when he was starting. Facts. And that's, you know, 
again, that has to do with the lack of players. There's just not that many. Um, so like in a four-year World Cup cycle, <clears throat> there will be about 80 players called. So you look how many players there are in like in Liga MX, uh, Mexican Nationals. It's about 120. So, dude, 80 out of 120, that's mm. that's a good chance. You, you're going to the national team. You score a few goals, a you're going to get called up, man. Not even, dude. You're just, you're just healthy. <laughs> you're, you're just they, present. They need someone. They need someone for that meet we came against. And if you're good looking, Croatia even better. Under 21. <laughs> if you're, oh, that's the name. Pocho uh, Guzman. If you're, if you're good. Oh, yeah. Pocho Guzman on that blacklist. You should have been yeah, doing that Colombian Bam Bam. <laughs> so I think that's what's been going on with Mex the past couple of years. And so there's been a lot of complacency now where it's like, you know, uh, very difficult for you to get knocked out. Of, of you know of a spot in the national team dude right now is the best time to be a mexican striker dude all you got to do is score like three goals and you'll get called up for the national team the next week dude it's like we're so desperate for a striker it's it's ridiculous and the competition is just not there right chicharito's out raul jimenez is like bella bella, bella took himself out bella took himself have, out. how would you guys have felt if mexico actually tried for uh pepe you know, mm. I've I've said this before and I'll mm. say it again to the till this day. Players that have been eligible for both the US and Mexican national team, I have yet to see one that we have like regretted. Like none of them really have panned out or have surpassed the level I, th of the Mexican. It's going to be one Jaime. It's going to happen it, eventually, it but one, I don't think yeah. Pepe is the answer or Pepe, sorry. I don't think Pepe's the what answer. About Cowell? Kid Cowell, that dude, I probably can't no. even speak a lick of Spanish, bro. I don't think. Bro, that kid is not good, man. I've seen no? him play live twice, and that kid is all athletic ability and robotic. He reminds me of like Hulk, like yeah, like the Brazilian Hulk, sprint. the Brazilian Hulk, shoot, to cross, but there's like no soccer IQ behind his movements. Well, on on the ball, off the ball. I think he's like Martin Galvan, the kid that went pro with Cruz Azul at 15. He's still living on oh, that man. hype of 15, but that's why he's on the UFC <laughs> roster right now, man. Well, Galvan never made. Well, he like, just made it to uh, the youth, right? I don't think he. What? Galvan, you were talking about Galvan, huh? Yeah, he went pro think he... with Cruz Azul at 15. He played like first team at 15. Yeah, no, I remember they were they were touting him as like the next. Yeah, well, same. same thing with Cade, man. He went pro at 15, 16, but... I was, I was at his debut. Kid. But he's That's playing. Good. He's playing first division foot. I don't think Calvan... He, he just had, like, maybe a handful of games. No, uh, I understand, this, but... This guy's at least not playing. Not talking club, like, talking national team, like, Hymas point, that's not a player either country will regret missing yeah. out on. There's no player that, like, oh, my God... You know, we, we, we let Pepe go. Now he's scoring, like, a 1,000 goals. Like, that hasn't happened once, man. Like, you were talking about Ibra. Look at, uh, what's his name? Efrain Alvarez? Mm -hmm. Ibra said that that was the most talented kid at a Galaxy as far as, like, players, like, technique-wise. The media ate it up. Like, boom, we stole this kid from the U.S. Yeah. Where has he been, man? It's a great question. <laughs> Like he he was supposed to be like at this he's like Marcelo Flores. Everyone expecting them to be on the national oh, yeah. starting team at this point. Dude, that, 
that's the Euro hype. Just Marcelo, just because he's in Arsenal and everyone, yeah, already thinking well, that just because you're in Europe, that you're you're this much better. You know that uh, your rating in FIFA has to be twenty points higher than any Liga MX player. Yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like the problem with Mexico is these debuts and these promesas and these gems. They just carry on too much weight. They they carry on too much import, importance. If we were, you know, popping these out every week in and week out like they do in Argentina and Brazil, we wouldn't even fucking give them a, the time of day. It's like we just don't have enough, you know, in the pipeline that they just it just is too much pressure, yeah, dude. Too. Yeah. I remember yeah, a prime example. It, it didn't even happen to the national team, but at Chivas, you know, when when Chicharito left, and and we were like, who's gonna fill that void? We had Cubo Torres. He came off on fire, scoring some goals, scored in a Clasico, and then everyone said he's the next Chicharo. And and as soon as they said that, bro, he he just couldn't handle the pressure because a 17, 18 year old shouldn't have that responsibility. We should have other players that are, are, you know, carrying that load. And then you, you, you develop this kid and, and you hopefully you turn, he pans out. Right. But at 17, 18, at least in Mexico, that shit just, it's just, we can't handle that pressure. And I think that's one of the biggest things of development, like how you were talking about the comparison with the Netherlands. Uh, I don't know if we already spoke about this, but Santi, like he looks faster and it turns out his club, they noticed the way he was running, he wasn't like using his pelvis properly or something. So they adjusted his running style, and now he's a lot faster. And, you know, it's just something that, you know, how old is he now, like 21, 22, 23? And that a club, like, spots that, like, right away. And, like, you see how in the season it, you know, betters him. Something's a detail so small that it makes you think, like, Nothing against Liga Mekis, but, you know, even those little details on the development level are not being spotted. So that's why these players, when they go over, they're, like, good. Like, there's raw, natural talent there. It's just they're professionals, and a lot of things that should have been developed in their teen years would never work. Yeah, that's some very analytical shit they're doing in Holland, man. I know that there was this uh, – I, I, I actually texted uh, Cascarita Legend because – um, I might be like helping out coaching and, uh, I remember there was a book by, was it Hurst wine or what was his name? He was a Dutch, uh, coach, uh, very famous. And he had the, you know, he explained that like, we actually, uh, in, in like Holland, we, we, we don't, you know, we don't put like a full 11 on 11 until you're like a teenager. Like yeah, they do like three Wait, on three. Did you say coach Klein? Hurst, Hurst Wine. Oh, okay. Now you're talking about the coach from Waterboy. No. They, you know, yeah, they do that because as, as youth, so the, the smaller the the um, the team is more, you have more time at the ball. Exactly. You're playing with a bunch of little kids. And- Those movies go to <laughs> that he voted for Polka on the national team. Well, every, everyone in the committee did. So when they did that football committee, right, with the guy from uh, the Ron, uh, the owner of or the president of uh, Cholos, Caliente. and you had yeah Caliente, and you had uh, Orlegi, and yeah, like two more guys there. So I mean, they all had to vote on it. And that's just political favors. Is like, hey, I'm yeah, vote for go. this guy. 
and we got you on this. You know, Caliente, they sponsored Chivas. You know Chivas gets more money from Caliente than Liga Mekis gets from Caliente? That's how strong that partnership is. Yeah. It's, um, it's mucky, and uh, the water's very dirty indeed. Um, not something that's going to change overnight, that's for sure. Yeah, that's true. That's what we said last time, that the league and the federation have to be two complete separate things. But no, the league owners also control the federation. So that's why you'll never see progress. Well, and that's, what, that's why I'm a Germany fan now, man. I don't, I don't believe in Mexico ever win anything. Tienes la sangre alemana, okay, güey? I'm, I'm going to look for it. I'm going to make it up. Aryan. Yes, no, America to end Frank, and now you're German? You're on both sides. Oh, hey, man. <laughs> got to do what you got to do. <laughs> Mexico isn't going to do nothing, man. In the next Gold Cup, you can see the same thing. Another crowd, another big black guy. picked the wrong the time to thing. jump ship. They're, they've gone to World Cups, not being able to get out of the group stage. And they'll be back, though. Maybe wanna, we'll, we'll be back, man. France, we'll maybe. Back. France or Italy, maybe. <laughs> They'll be back. We have uh, Liga Mekis kicking off tomorrow with America and Juarez. Talk about a, a perfect game for America to dominate. But who knows, you know, Juarez got reinforced with some players. We'll see how it goes. And then also Mazatlan Pachuca. Uh, but the real kickoff doesn't start till Monday with Chivas and Leon. That's what I say. But, uh, man, this this really creeped up on us. I, I was not ready for Liga Mekis to return so quickly and uh we're still... in the middle of the gold cup we're in the middle of a gold cup man it's just <laughs> at the start really <laughs> and, and they're gonna rest for a month because of that that shitty cup that they're promoting no yeah, way I'll, I'll be honest i found out it started no way tomorrow. the league's Today cup messi versus antuna biggest yep. match of 2023 they're playing four matches and then Liga Mekis resumes at the end of August. Wow. That's why they're starting so early. They're just trying to sneak four matches in. I so see. So they can finish by December. And all games, all games. The on. League's yes. Cup. Well, we'll see if uh, Antuna can teach Messi anything. Yeah, maybe he'll <laughs> teach him how to get dentures or veneers, dude. That dude's got to... Yeah. Um... Uh, I'm gonna love watching Messi sweep Cruz Azul. Hey. It'd be great. Hey, who knows, man? You don't know. Be All right. This Messi. might sound like a dumb question, but did they like officially announce him? I haven't seen yes, it. Sir. Like official, oh, you mean official? Like, at the club club? No. It's been like pictures and stuff. Yeah, like, I don't know. I've been waiting for that. It's, uh, he's a, All that he's hype has died down, friend. man. Huh? That Messi hype has kind of died down. Compared to the where they where they finally said that he was gonna join the Miami Cranes or whatever they are. Well, we gotta see who else uh, Inter brings on because from the sounds of it, they're bringing on a couple other guys. Busquets. Yeah, Busquets already. Uh, Jordi Alba looks to be another one. But how can they afford that? That's crazy. You don't ask questions. That's how. Ah. Wait, wait, but Liga Mekis <laughs> has more money, Jaime. Liga no, Mekis has more money. I know. I don't know how they get around the loophole of like only having one DP. Honestly, with 
with what they're doing with these contracts, with especially with Inter, from what the understanding is, is that there's a whole con, uh, consensus of all teams. I'm not sure if they're going to allow. You guys remember that New York Cosmos team? Yeah. So I feel like that's literally what they're trying to do with Inter. But, yeah, the, the contract situation. Wait, very they're going to bring five? They're going to bring, like, five world-class players? They're going to bring in be Messi? Basically, hey. bend the rules for them and then just find them. But it doesn't matter. It'll be like, hey, Cosmos was loaded. Your salary is a dollar. Like the first Galactico team. Your salary is a dollar a year, but we're going to find ways to... You know, pay you under the under the table. And honestly, I mean that Messi move. Everything MLS did to bring Messi, it was way too much. Because Messi's not gonna grow the sport here that much more compared to like, for example, if he went to like Saudi Arabia. Like, look at Cristiano. Cristiano goes to Saudi Arabia. He gives a stamp of approval, and all all these other players are starting to go. MLS, before Messi joining, there was a lot of young European players, like 25, 28 range. Some, a lot of young South Americans, like the guy who plays for Argentina, Almada or whatever with Atlanta United. There was a lot of good players already coming over. So they didn't need that stamp of approval. They already had their stamp of approval with Wayne Rooney, Henri, Beckham, you know, like those guys. Just TV ratings, dude. I fucking forgot Rooney playing the MLS. Yeah, but no, but it's not even TV ratings. Like, like, oh, for example, like, I'm a huge Cristiano Ronaldo fan. Dude, I watched, like, his first game, and then I watched the P, the Saudi Arabia All-Stars versus PSG. Haven't seen a single, like, All-Nassar game ever since. Because it's like, I don't want to buy a subscription service to do it. And I'm sure, look at Argentinos. They got 100% inflation. You think they're going to buy MLS Pass? Just to watch Messi. Nah, dude. They got uh, Roja Directa, way. Come on, bro. Why are you going abroad? It's all here. Hey, how'd you watch that game? It's all within the U.S. You really want to watch Messi that bad? No, like. Yes, dude. He's All of their games. European players are like, oh, Messi's. All of their games are sold out for the rest of the season. There you go. You always go. We always go with who's gonna do a bright. Who cares? Messi. They're not doing. They're not doing it for abroad. They're not doing it for Europe. They're not doing it for. They're doing it for right here, and they're doing it for future customers too. Got a bunch of little kids, and all of that, and they get no, to see. And they the see sport. the hype. It does grow the sport. No, too. I'm gonna tell you why it doesn't grow the sport. Because you guys, when I came on, you were talking about like pay for play or whatever. It's that was in Mexico. Year. What? No, oh. but it's the same thing in the U.S. with Messi. You know what those Inter Miami things are gonna become? Like Formula One. Where like the richest of the rich go to the event. Those messy tickets, Inter Miami tickets, like nosebleeds, they're like three hundred bucks each. Yeah. Yep. You think? Like, yeah, but that's a stadium. Family, you think an average family can afford even a family no, of two six hundred bucks for one game? They could pay Apple TV. Not gonna grow it. You know who's buying it? Fair weather fans with money. Once it's no longer cool, it's gonna go back down. That doesn't grow. Really? It still makes an impact, it, dude. It's still uh, like it makes an, a short term impact. But, but like, dude, everybody. Impact. Everybody knows who Messi is. Everybody knows who yeah. Ronaldo is. You have them playing in your backyard, like, dude. Trust me, man. It's yeah. kids, but bro. After they leave, uh, no one's gonna care. I, I, exactly. I think, yeah, there'll be think, there'll, yeah, there'll be people left. Did they care when Pele left? No. Yes. Yes, they did. Like, the oh, league died. Did though. not care when Pele left. Yes, they did. The I league died they, here, right? I'm sorry. Go we, on, dude. 
No, yeah. No, I think we forget what Messi can do. And if he can produce <clears throat> that magic here in the MLS, uh, I think it'll attract a lot more fans. Um, I have a little bit more insight into what Adidas sells. And I'll tell you this, as soon as Messi got announced, everything absolutely locked down. They did not want to sell any more jerseys. They did not want to do any more ticket transfers. Everything was locked down for about three days. Um, no teams, no big retailer stores, uh, no individual uh, people that wanted to buy big amounts of Inter-Miami could at that moment. And as of right now... Um, from what they've told me and what they're releasing, I believe they're going to try to release something else for the Leaks Cup. Uh, it looks like everything's going to be sold out till October. So the impact that I think Messi's having is, it, it's not, it's, I don't think it's measured right now just because he hasn't even stepped foot on the pitch, but as soon as he steps foot on that field, yeah. I think yeah. we're going to see that impact. And, and let's not forget the whole Apple thing um, for the streaming. He's and... getting a cut of that. And, and then the how the service and and what they want to do with the sport. I mean, you shared that video that was talking about how Apple markets their products. Yeah, they're hemorrhaging money, just... man. They're they're not making money. Who? Apple. They, they've they've even I've uh, seen the reporter say it's been an actual an absolute dud over here in the U.S. And yep. they're trying to promote it in Mexico. Who's gonna Wait, pay they're, hem- they're hemorrhaging money. Apple as a company for with no, their no. phones. The MLS, MLS. Uh, with the MLS deal. Yeah, for. them, them, yeah, them but, buying. But see, but see that that they make so much money. Yeah, it doesn't care. It doesn't fucking matter. Ha- it's not a hemorrhage, dude. Yeah. It's like a scratch. Not even a scratch. They don't dude, feel they, it, dude. They, they can afford to do that. To a stab. And then it nah, they, becomes an open world. Nah, dude, it's Apple, no, bro. No, not if you have Apple, one, look, okay. this is what Apple's doing. They're willing to take a L on this MLS thing. It's just like the first step, dude. But, you know, with we're going to go kind of on a tangent here. But technology, like, you're going to have to pick where you, like, we're going to get to a certain point, especially with VR and AR. Like, what e- what what ecosystem do you want to live in? Do you want to live in the Google world? Do you want to live in the meta world? Do you want to live in the Apple world? And Apple's going to start acquiring more and more sports. They did it with baseball. They're doing it now with MLS. But it's going to get to the point where it's like you're not going to leave, like, the Apple ecosystem. And that's kind of, like, the end game for them. Um, and they're doing that with sports. So, yeah, dude, they're, this is uh, kind of just, like, an experiment for them. But, th- yeah, they, they haven't sh- shared any, like, viewership. They haven't showed the money. It's probably not good. Like no one's watching MLS, dude, and and now even more less with the the paywall or whatever. But now that they have this big shiny you know player Messi, I think it will cause like su- subscriptions to go up, and I think it will cause like a spike in in whatever they're you know doing, and uh, you know it's just the start of this. So what you're saying is I'll be able to purchase my VR headset. And see yes. Messi get a uh, more fake penalty calls like in the World Cup. Yeah, you get to and see that in could, AR, bro. Yeah, you can see uh, El Niño Polla in like 3D. Mm. Ooh, don't give me what? don't give me any ideas, man. If you don't if you don't mind, uh, uh, Lopez just mentioned something when you guys when you guys were arguing. Sure. Well I, well, I was arguing too. What am I saying? Uh, uh, about the he mentioned the certain names. I always, whenever I call in here, I always, <clears throat> I always diminish because uh, 
That guy's been an absolute loser ever since he left the Euro. But, eh, Hector Herrera. Oh, yeah, man. Did you guys hear his comments about saying... Uh, what do you say? He said that, um, oh, it seems that ever since uh, that I've been blackballed, ever since I came to the MLS, they don't want to call me to the national team anymore. And that's kind of the idea, man. Like, once you go to the MLS, you retire, dude. Like, what are you expecting? Do you keep getting starting spots in the World Cup like you did? If you're playing good, sure. Nah, you know? Dude, I MLS take- is a cesspool, dude. It's in the retirement league completely. <laughs> Once you come here to the U.S. to play soccer, you pretty much, like like Messi said in the statement, he said, I came to the MLS para no tener tanto foco, para que no me pegue, para, para que no me pegue tanto foco. No, no attention, no limelight on me. Pretty much saying, I came here to retire. I, I don't think he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> no, I think you're too harsh on the league, man. You have no. I, I'll no give you way. a good example right. of. Um... <laughs> that means no. too harsh, man. He's right. No, no because before we... you said you said once because uh, you because we we're talking about this and you said once, oh, it's his life. If he wants to come to the MLS, like let him do whatever he wants. It's his life, right? He's gonna provide for his family, and I can yes. agree with you, man. That's. If he's gonna pay his is he's gonna feed his kids and his wife or whatever. That's but he's making less money by coming here instead uh, of going to Saudi Arabia. Yeah. No, he's making more money long term with all the back end stuff. I don't know, dude. Uh, yeah. They were throwing some he's stupid like oil money at him. In the subscription, <laughs> he's getting like a some type of cut with Adidas. Bro, they were throwing him claims like... of him getting stake and ownership yeah. or being able to choose his future club. Look at Beckham. He got his club for what, like 20, 50 million or something. And now it's worth his investments worth 500 million. It's going to be the same thing. Yeah, but he's going to find out. He's going to find out that he's going to pay taxes here. Of the other teams are eventually going to catch up. He's not used to paying taxes, dog. He's going to find out that uh, Uncle Sam's going to take a fat cut of all whatever he signed up for. Hey, man. Offshore accounts or something. Whereas in uh, Saudi Arabia, bro, they were throwing 73 virgins at him and, uh, you know, fucking. But it was all right now. It was like right now and enjoy. And MLS gave him like something that I think long term is going to be more than Saudi Arabia in the long term. And it's going to be consistent. It's going to be passive. It's going to be there. I'm a but little. No, I agree with Ricardo, man. Yeah. MLS is booty. You know what I'm telling you? It's booty. Because, <laughs> look, so I, I, I watch the St. Louis City games. They got Berkey, who's a goalkeeper that used to play for Dortmund. And they got this guy named Leuven, who I had never heard before. So he came to St. Louis. He's a designated player. He's like number 10. The guy's a baller. He's fucking amazing. He's MV, one of the favorites for MVPs for the league. So he got hurt like two weeks ago. And Berkey is rated the best goalie in the league. It's the same thing with Carlos Vela. Carlos Vela comes in, and he dominates best player in the league. So you have these guys who, like, in Europe, they were, like, mid-level. Or even Leuven. I've never even, have you ever heard of Edu Leuven? I had never heard of Edu Bro, Leuven. Bro, you're making my dick sort of, soft with all this MLS talk, man. No, but I'm just saying. <laughs> these guys come in. Hey, no one it's Putin. Let me tell you all. And they dominate. They're, like, MVP favorites. So Ricardo's right. It's a booty league. Like Hector Herrera, you're playing with in the league that guys come in that no one's ever heard of, and they dominate. So why yeah, you, 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 could, you could still team? you could still benefit from it? And so I'll give you an example. You had Carlos Salcedo, and he wasn't getting much uh, playing time. He was at Chivas, then at Tigres. He goes to Real Salt Lake, 
he starts getting more playing time. And at that point, he started getting scouted by a European team. And then um, I think it was Nestor de la Torre that went and brought him back to Chivas, even hooked him up with a, you know, with a contract with a class if, if he gets a, an, an offer from abroad. But he, he still ended up going to Europe. So in, in, you know, in that way, it's, it's good. Like if you're like a young Mexican player, you're not getting any shot in, in, in Liga MX. Why not go to MLS? If you're but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about Hector Herrera joining MLS. And well, MLS yeah, but what I'm saying is not good. Enough. Like, like, we're talking about yeah, two but different he's, things now. But he's, he's a veteran player. If he stays in shape and he's, you know, he's still performing. It's not like his quality just dropped. Yeah, but you're talking about a guy you know, who's like, a professional star at Atletico Madrid playing against college Division One players. Don't matter. No, but like, at what I mean, point like, are we gonna? Are we gonna I mean, like, look, look at look at Gio for example. He his club career wasn't that good. He a lot of times he was sent to second division or, or was just bench. But when he would come to the national team, he you know he would perform. He would bring it. I think he had a decent spell at Villarreal, but yeah, but aside go from back, that, go yeah. back, go back. Uh, yeah, he's, it's just he like didn't do much. We don't have enough competition in the national team that we will take a freaking bench bench player in Europe, and and he'll be a starter on the national team. And I think Achiacha expected that same treatment when he went to you know Houston or whatever. But I'll be honest, bro. That guy fell off the face of the earth when he made that move. I've I haven't kept up with him. It's like, how do you go from Atleti, bro, playing in the one of the best leagues in the world, to fucking Houston, dog? Like, what, man? Oh, dude. And the worst part of his interview, he said, his first year from that mierda that he wanted to leave. Like, like he couldn't handle it. Like he didn't. Funes like goal. Was that? Funes goal. Funes goal. No, uh, Hector Herrera. Yeah, yeah, oh. Herrera. Oh, I thought he was talking about Funes Mori. My bad. No. No, no. Uh, yeah, Herrera was just saying that his first season Dynamo was shit. Like, his wife was questioning why they even made the move. Like, you know, he was thinking about, like, undoing his contract. And then he, like, gave it another... No, she wanted to do the end contract. He told her, like, it would get better. And eventually did. But I was like, come on, bro. Like, you're in Houston with all Mexicans getting paid really good money. And you're talking about you're struggling? to adapt come on now yeah yeah dude dude have you ever been to madrid you go to madrid then you go to houston you're like what the hell is this bullshit (laughs) let me tell you guys something i live in a third what kind of third world country is this exactly no no one likes houston and i live here Like, no, let me tell you guys something. Houston, no one gives a shit about soccer in Houston, man. Everyone's keep everyone's worried about the football yep. or the or the baseball. So I this is where I don't get how MLS has like twenty or forty teams expecting to sign every single Mexican superstar to give their shitty league some attention because that's the only way they're gonna compete with League MX. You already saw it. That kid was there in the stands. I remember that kid with the well, US shirt and the, the Mexican. He rips that mix headband through and he like tosses <laughs> it and he's. <laughs> I, I won't speak bad about, about his Mexicans, man, but when I was watching the game today, man, 
¿Cómo son de, cómo, uno, cómo son de feos unos mexicanos, man? Like, they're ugly. ¿Y los haitianos qué, güey? No, they had a they had a baby on the pregame show. I don't know who like it was just like some fan they picked out from the stands. And uh I don't know, dude. I was just like, look at this nopal over here with his fucking little, little jaguar fake, his fake jersey and his like bro. <laughs> and then he talked about how he like spent a lot of money to come here. I'm like, dude, like it's so sad, man. It's like <laughs> You go over here and like you go watch this mediocre product and this is it's just like come on dude like have some respect bro like I'm gonna go to the game on on Sunday against Qatar like no dude but you don't go for the That's game you go for the vibes you go for the, go for the vibes you're part you of the problem the though pastor you're over the here on the parking lot ah. there you go Perico and party. hey look. <laughs> You and do then it. you go to the game, you don't even remember what happened. Oh, at the game. God. <laughs> no, but it, it's like a luxury thing for a lot of people that, especially that, you know, immigrated over here. And they, they were, like, really poor. And for a lot of them, it's the first time seeing the national team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a big uh, thing. And, and that's why they, they let them go all out and they'll spend all this money for tickets and yeah. good seats and all that. Or you get That's lucky bad. and you, you get a sweep <clears throat> and then you catch hands in the, in the fucking elevator, dude. Oh, the best. <laughs> Bro, I was watching some clips from the first game in, uh, the first game was in Houston, no? Yeah, it was in Houston. Yeah. Bro, there was like a fucking, there's my, there was like a fight club in there, dog. Like in the suites, in the Hello. suites. Like my, my sister took my nephew to go see it, and she invited me. But I was like, "Man, get out of my face with that!" <laughs> I don't. And uh, she she said it was it was packed, man. It was packed. Like I said in that last podcast in the comments, those tickets sold out for the preseason. Like the good Pre- yeah. And uh, yeah, that place is packed. Yeah, dude. And there was like a royal rumble after the match, dude. It was Mexican on Mexican fighting, bro. I'm like, this is sad, bro. The what? The Hondurians, the oh. Cerote. Like your team shit, man. Like well, why would you get in a fight with like imagine getting in a fight over your team being Honduras, man? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there was it was Mexican on Mexican, dude. A lot of the fights were just amongst dude, I remember going to games in at the Coliseum in Oakland, man. And I was a kid, bro. Like, and and dude, I would, I would, I was too busy watching the game. But then I would go to the bathroom or something, and shit would go down, bro. People would come out with like broken noses and and just you know, la gente, yeah, they bro, just bro. they get too that drunk, dude. Sucks. What's that? That venue sucks. Oh. I uh, personally had to wait over forty minutes for beer there, standing in line. Oh Damn. yeah, dude. The Coliseum's the saddest stadium in the world, in the in at least in the states. Um. Yeah, that's why the team's moving. But, uh, yeah, you know, they used to play there. Growing up, they, they used to play all their games there, and, and then they moved to, uh, you know, Levi's when, when they built that one. But, yeah, it's, it doesn't it doesn't hit the same. Uh, I'm actually going to take off, guys. Yeah. Uh, thank you for having me. That was really Absolutely. fun. Hopefully I can bring you guys some more news in the coming weeks. Thank you, thank you. Um, I'll definitely try hard to get you guys some something very juicy. Um, there's no big games going on until the final of the Copa Oro. Am I correct at the SoFi? Yeah, that's right. 
Okay. I'll try to get something for you guys till then, then. World okay. Cup final so far? Um, yeah, me and... I don't know, Joel, if you're going to go attend, but... Yes. Yeah, so we'll we'll be yes, at the I final. Um, oh. So, yeah, we'll definitely stay in touch. But, yeah, definitely, um, you know, come back uh, whenever, man. Thanks for, for hopping on tonight. Thank you, guys. Nice talking to you guys. Yee. Goodbye. See you guys. Yeah, so we have that... Third group uh, stage match against Qatar on Sunday over here in Santa Clara. That'll finish the group stage, and then we'll have to see who Mexico will face in the quarterfinals. Liga Mekis kicks back off on Friday tomorrow, <clears throat> and uh, you know, just a lot of football. We've been we've been blessed by the football gods this summer. Maybe too much football. I don't think there's, there's ever too much. Thing? No, I kind of agree. It's like getting watered down. I think what's what what I, it's like. There's no time to hype up like uh, Superliga or or Leagues Cup, whatever they fucking call it now. You know, Superliga 2.0, the the Leagues Cup. I I didn't know they're gonna take a break from Liga Mekis for that bullshit cup, man. That's that's unfortunate. It's on TV, you know, man. I don't mind club football though. International football though. It, to me, it has to be meaningful. Like, if it's just a BS friendly or, like, a BS tournament like Nations League or, you know, it's, like, right now, Gold Cup's a BS tournament because only, like, two teams brought their best roster. Everyone else has, like, their BS rosters. Yeah. Like, it's it just feels like, like, Gold Cup, like, you just want to skip to the final. Like, just let me know Mexico's playing in the finals. They are. Yeah. Where are we playing? And let's get out the way. Mexico should, should have, like, uh, where it's like, hey, look, we're ranked X amount in the world. You know, we get to just play in the final. You know, just let us know who our opponent's gonna be or yeah, semifinal. Round of Sixteen or something. Yeah, like just, just like just you get the first round by. Watered down and like the only and also they're shooting themselves in the foot because you know all these guys are going back to Europe. Their teams are doing preseason and they're like behind everybody else. And the only reason they couldn't send like a B roster who's going back to Europe, been bro? Terrible. They were been terrible for the last two years. So they have to win Gold Cup. They have to, like, to try to, what they say, like, cover the sun with one finger type yeah. thing. Like, that's all they're trying to do, but it's going to hurt them in the long run. Real talk, though. Like, I, I'm trying to think. I can probably count on my hand the amount of players we have in Europe right now. So it's like, what, Ochoa, Edson? Johan. Johan, Sanchez. Who else? Yeah. Uh, uh, some was nine. Four games, so I guess he's good. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. The yeah. guys that should be in Europe during their preseason, they're playing this BS Gold Cup. Yeah, I mean, I think Ochoa's fine. He, he's not going to lose the starting spot. Johan Vasquez, a little bit different situation because, you know, he was Wait, on. Ochoa low. left his club, didn't he? I thought he left. He renewed. No, he's still there. Yeah, he got, he got an he extension. Renewed? Yeah, he got an extension on his contract. Oh, I thought he was leaving because he was like, yeah. he had that going away thing. As far as Jorge Sanchez goes... Would not be surprised if he returns to Mexico. Edson Alvarez, I mean, Borussia dropped the bag there, or maybe Ajax dropped the bag there. So, uh, you know, I don't really think any player that's that has taken their time uh, to go and represent their country are losing out on on anything. Um, maybe Bebote, you know. I don't know if this tournament will do him more harm than good. I'm actually surprised that we haven't heard any rumors of him getting picked up by anyone. I feel like he did his uh, he did his tryout at, at Feyenoord, 
I think it's time for him to go to uh you know to to leave the the fishermen's league and and go somewhere like La Liga or Prem League or Serie A, Bundesliga. I think it's time for him to step up. Two two years is usually because you you're in a club you you don't just jump the shark. I mean you know you don't just. How long was Chucky at a PSV? Team. He was not there that long. Two three so seasons. Yeah, usually that's what you want. It was and, two seasons. And you see how consistent the player is. Twenty-seven to twenty-nineteen, bro. Like, two seasons, man. He was sixty appearances, thirty-four go. goals. Then he went to Napoli and struggled a little bit. Yeah, he's a champion though. He's a champion now. And he yeah. started like twenty-seven out of like thirty-something games too. No, like I think twenty-four. So I mean, he had a decent season too. Oh yeah, he's 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 solid now. He had that injury, and then he had Gattuso. Mm-hmm. He had a you know bump heads with him, but. Um, you know, Chucky, I know Napoli's trying to offload him because, you know, they spent a lot of money on him. He was their most expensive signing of all time. It was so. like 60 million? It's like 50 million euros. 50 yeah. million. It's like wage bills probably up there compared to everybody else. Yeah, so, you know, maybe it's time for a new change of scenery for him. I don't know if he's if Chivas can afford him if, or if that was just all hype. It was all hype, man. Yeah, that's definitely all hype. But then again, Chivas just got like three sponsors in the last couple of days. Now they got Hardee's. They got uh, some motorsport thing. They got like three sponsors in the last three days. We about to look like a NASCAR jersey is what you're saying? Hey, if it brings championships under the Fuerzos, I'm all for it. Yeah. Well, I've seen it. It's a Chinese sponsor, right? Chinese? Yes, sir. Yeah, they brought some Chinese sponsor también today. The one, the one America had? Hoi? No, no. This is like motor something. MG. Oh, shit. Yeah, they have like three sponsors. El Pinchy Carl's Jr. If, uh, MG Motors. Yeah, if JJ scores a doblete, you get a free Western Baconator bacon or whatever. I could get behind that, dude. <laughs> ah, man. You know, how much of this is Yero doing the influence? I'd say all of it. No, general manager is different. And then MG Motor like, is a it's a it's a car company. Yeah, but I know like he's not responsible for finance and stuff. But your general manager is like, yo, we need money, we need this. You got to find a way to do it, and he's pressuring the club to get sponsors and stuff like that. Oh, they've been looking for sponsors in just one know. year and a half. Hey, come on! I found an article. Well, you got to give him his flowers. Come on, you didn't give Almeida his flowers. You want to what? give it to Wuse. You want to give your... It's 11 versus 11. There's going to be a couple guys that are never going to... They're not even um, going to touch it. What I think underdevelops here is what I would say is the safety aspect of what the United States has going on. I don't know if you guys know, but I don't, in some leagues, you can't use your head uh, if you're under 14, I believe. Oh, yeah. And <clears throat> honestly, that is very, very dumb. Like... But that's such a crucial part of the game that you compare that to what these Brazilian kids would could do with their head and it's it's kind of pathetic and um for my time as watching youth sports and youth youth leagues at the what is considered a high level youth program um they don't the fouls are very soft at times and they don't let the game proceed as it should um so it's like very minimal contact at times which is damaging the sport actually yeah i i noticed um 
one time we had like a scrimmage and we actually had like a um, a referee uh, who had like gone to the World Cup and he like ref he kind of like ref the game and he just let the game go, man. Like what what normally we would consider fouls, he just hey dude, like this is how we do it in the big leagues. Like we just let the play run. It's like not not none of these like ticky tacky fouls. Like we just we just fucking you know just keep going. And I think like the, the flow of the game definitely. You notice it's one of my biggest criticism in Concacaf, man. The refereeing here sucks ass, man. And it's like it's just not at the level that it should be. And it does affect like the style of play in in, in this region. You know, it's like you someone tugs on your shirt, you you automatically grab the ball. You, like you assume there's a foul there. It's like, dude, that shit don't happen in Europe. It's like, come on, man. But uh, you know, it's just different regions, different styles, and whatnot. Um, I did want to touch a little bit on the transfer market. So, you know, like I said, it's been an anticlimactic one for, for Mexicans going to Europe. In fact, we're kind of going backwards. You know, Chivas were rumored with uh, going after Chucky Lozano and Napoli wants 20 million. And it sounds like they've secured Eric Gutierrez from PSV. It looks like he's going to be returning and Pulido from uh, Kansas City. So, yeah, man, it's like we're not sending people out. We're bringing them back. <laughs> Again, same thing, right? Lack of players. There's not that many to, to go off of. You, you know, when you look at how many players are available, there's just nothing there. <clears throat> I mean, but can you blame can you blame Chivas for going after those type of players? Nope. And I think you can't, right? Because I mean, their their main thing is to to win the league. They have fans somehow, and I wouldn't say fans of Liga MX, just fans of the national team. They sort of see the league as if it's there to to feed the national team. And I, I was talking to some guy from uh, from the Reddit Liga MX, and they were complaining about why the league sells players. Too expensive. You're saying three millions too expensive. I'm like in today's market of, of what you see transfers in Europe of twenty to sixty million, and and you're saying three million was too much for like you know for your talent. It's sort of like they don't think that these clubs need to make money, that they have to pay bills, that they have to sustain, and they sort of feel like all right, whatever talent you have, just send them abroad, like, you know, send them for free if you have to, you know, because um, the national team is going to benefit. But even if the national team benefits, the club doesn't benefit. National team's not going to send them a check. Like, here you go, man. Do you know what I mean? So, exactly. I, don't, I don't know. But yeah, this this whole, this whole hate over clubs, I think it's very misdirected. I was using Pizarro as an example. Because I'm saying, if you want to leave, you can leave. This, you know, this narrative that you're being held hostage—it's not really true. And you, there's a lot of examples of players that they wanted to go abroad, and they let their contract run out, and they left. Um, Orbelin Pineda is one of them. Torrado from way back. Um, but you have like Pizarro, and he's at Pachuca, and they're sending all these players abroad, and he wants to go, but then. There's this like massive transfer to Chiva, 17 million, and he signed. But I mean, because his, you know, his wages were going to be up there, 
and he couldn't let his contract run out. But then he goes and he signs with Monterrey, then he signs with Inter. And, and where are you going to blame the Mexican clubs? This guy had to take a hit if he wanted to go abroad. He would have been like, all right, I'm going to let my contract run out and then I'm going to go, I'm going to see what team would take me out there. Hey man, club over country. If Tigres, America, Monterrey, they bring a player that plays for their national team, oh, it's an amazing investment. They bring somebody <laughs> that played for France. They bring somebody that plays like for Brazil or like whatever. It's an amazing investment. It's making the league stronger. But if Chivas brings a guy in from Europe, Mexican national team, it's like, oh, what are they doing? Like, they're killing the national team. Hey, man, it's a club. The club's trying to win. And, like, Guti's 28. What do you think Guti's going to do if he stays <laughs> another four years there? He's going to make a move to Real Madrid or Barcelona? Like, he's hit his ceiling pretty much. So that's another Every, reason why Everything he could have learned, he should have known already. Yeah, he's coming there for be near his family, be make good money, probably more than at PSV, be, a, you know, with one of the most popular teams in the country. Like, and wh why would you say no? Like, why don't know why people are so mad about that move? Like, what? What do you think is going to happen if he stays there another four years? Hey, just he's just trading in stripes for, for more stripes. That's all he's doing. That's it. Man. <laughs> Same thing what with uh, Chucky. Like, Chucky's what, 27, 28? Even, I mean, he's not coming to Chivas or Liga Mekis in general, but let's say he did. It's like, why would you see it as a bad thing? I mean, when uh, Tigres brought that French guy, Florian or whatever his name was, it was like, wow. Yeah. yeah, everyone was going crazy about it. Why would you go crazy about Chucky, Serie A, Serie A champion, coming to Liga Mekis? That's what oh. he's playing for. Because no other team in Liga MX is saying, is hold is holding up their jersey with pride and saying we're the most Mexican team. Our cantera <laughs> is on is the Mexican national team. Watch us, we're Mexican. You're not. That's why. So that's what makes your cantera better. You want your canteranos trying to earn a spot against yeah. uh, Morsa Flores or Guti, or trying to earn a spot against yeah, exactly. Tuna or Chucky. Bringing or in good Mexicans is going to make your canteranos better. So, yeah, I find I find it very uh, surprising that Joel says that. that says what? About the because about the Mexican national team. Because I I remember in the World Cup I said I came on here and I told you guys that there wasn't enough players to go <clears throat> that the league doesn't produce enough players to pick from, and you yeah. and, and Joel you just said you said it again. He said, "It's not the league's. It's not the league's responsibility yeah. to feed the national team." Well, it's not. But it's but not. but then the last podcast you said that Mexico is one of the only leagues that the the national team. I mean that has its league and its national team is pretty much intertwined. Like it's. It is the the club owners are the they make up the Federación Mexicana de Football. Then so what are we talking about then, Joel? Isn't that because, a little? Well, because you only have like a handful of owners, because you know, out of what, 18 teams, you know, there's only about four or five that have a lot of money. The rest are pretty much on the day by day. So those are the teams that they need to do whatever they can. Because again, I'm going to use the same examples I keep using. You end up with teams like Jaguares, Veracruz, Lobos Buap. Juarez. You know, 
Which Chivas, teams... just, Chivas just sent all their canteranos of Juarez. <laughs> this dude, there's something going on in Juarez. I don't, I don't understand this. Yeah. Someone, someone brought in some money there because they had the the ex Tigres president. The lady's loaded, he, man. He brought, loaded. he brought Tuca, right? And then they brought some like ex, some former national team players, some pretty good transfers, and now they're, you know, yeah, so. The lady you said is like some lady owner. Or? Her her husband is like a, a railroad or oil magnet of some sort. So she's got she's got cash on her. She's like the Angelica. The Angelica I don't know about all that, but she has cash. <laughs> but another thing yeah. I want you that I just wanted to call out Joel for because <laughs> you're saying a lot of the things I disagree with, man. Go. Then, then what's the point of all these teams having? Uh, Canteras and doing the under seventeen and and, well, and to feed Chivas. to feed their first to feed their first to feed their first. Um, um, but how many players are squad. playing in the first division? The, how does it work? We all want to work. You just said, I mean, look, you just said Chivas sent two guys over to Juarez. They're gonna play first division. You don't. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna let them develop. I mean, other well, the, other teams do that. Madrid, you know, they bring up players from their academy. No players from the academy play for the first team. But they loan them out, and if one pans out right, then they bring them back. But but if none yeah. of them pan out right, you can't brag about it. Yeah, yeah, but you don't see even in those teams, you don't see them like like their squads not filled with teams from their cantera. Like you, you're not like it used to be before. You're not really seeing that with Barcelona, where it's like half of the team is canterano. Right? You're not gonna see that. I like how you guys distracted from the main point, man. No, I mean, I'm, it's, it's no, too, not this. It has to about do with the money. News. About what? Oh, about the news. What no news one cares you? about the la uh, la Copa de Chorro. No one cares about that. <laughs> the diarrhea cup, gold cup. Which, which one Copa is it? Oro, Copa Oro, Copa, Copa de, de Chorro. Chorro. I like that. Oh man. No one cares about it because, like, I I heard Jaime say. And I'll, I don't even watch anymore because I, I know what's going to happen. Mexico's going to throw a cross, and there's a big black guy at the other <laughs> end that's going to beat the small Mexican to it. That's what I said. Year after, every two years with, with this gold cup, the same thing. And I, I don't even watch it anymore. I was, watch, I was watching uh, Palmeiras pork that Bolivian team. That's what I was watching. No, but the main news... You, you might as well just hand the, the trophy to America. Quinones is coming <laughs> to El Nido de Guapa, man. We're gonna win man. it. We're gonna win the 18. They got him cheap too, 10 million. And you guys are bragging about uh, what, what that, what's that guy's name? Goofy. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna find that clip where it's like Elone Aitiano que había, you know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I called into this show the the very first time I predicted this. I told Jaime that uh, that Eric Gutierrez is gonna end up playing in Chivas. You can you can check the VAR. I called in and I said that. <laughs> yeah. And I also said he's a scrub. He's been in Europe <laughs> for five years. Uh, so Al Pastor said Habibi said that he already reached the ceiling. I would say he never had a seat. 
how low ceiling, but he reached it. I remember when he was playing at Pachuca, and for some reason, people were hyping him, and I'm like, he pretty much got to go to Europe because he held up a Chucky Lozano PSV jersey. And everyone was saying, oh, the PSV fans were like, oh, because Chucky is having a good season over there. He he probably scores a bunch of goals, too. We should get him. And he's been very inconsistent. He never even won the starting job. He has, He's agree. like the... He has that lovable loser look to him, and he's always smiling, and I guess... Hey, so you're telling me he's a perfect fit. That sounds great, man. He's going to fit just nicely at Chivas. Exactly. And that's what I said. He's going to... He's not going to stand out, and Chivas should buy him, and there you go, man. I I predicted it once again. I agree with everything you're saying, but I'm not complaining about it, though, because the transfer fee is not that bad. For, like, what you're getting... And what you have on the bench, it it kind of works out, honestly. It works out, dude. Yeah. Leave leave our trash alone, you know. <laughs> he's above average. He's like for Liga Mekis, he's above average. I, I like I like that meme. Uh, I follow that guy, the that Strago guy, yeah. and he had, he had a the meme. Pin- uh, yeah, the raccoon. He's like, yeah. uh, when someone talks shit about Chivas, and he has a raccoon. He's like, don't talk about my trash. Yeah, it's like don't no toques mi basura. Oh, I found the clip. Hmm. Yeah, that was a classic, man. Uh, yeah. With Liga Mekis returning tomorrow, Quinones, is it is it a wrapped, is it a done deal, or is it still? Yes, sir. Yeah. And with that, I wonder how much of a push there will be to cap him for the national team. Hmm. Now that the Argentino's gone, maybe not much. Oh, yeah. Cervantuna? I'll take it. You know what's sad is, like, Antuna's the guy to beat, right? That's that's literally, like, the the standard right now is the bar. It's not even that high of a bar. The guy's, like, mediocre, dude. And uh, Does he he even have the nationality? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's been here since he was like nineteen, man. Okay. I mean, yeah. in, not here. I mean, in Mexico. Let's let's also call up uh, Rosarena, bro. Let's let's see what he can do. <laughs> he kind of looks like him. Well, you know Antuna's gonna be posted. The Cuba goalkeeper, and it turned out to be their brothers. I didn't know that. Really? Yep. The Cuba goalkeeper and Randy are brothers. Like I was like, this guy looks like them. No, they're actually brothers. Like legit brothers. Legitimate no brothers. Way. Same last name and everything. I saw that jersey yesterday. I'm like, is he? Are they? You know, how many Arosarenas are there in Cuba, man? <laughs> you know? No, it's, they're legitimate brothers. Yo, that's nuts. That's cool, man. You know, you see every now and then players playing, uh, you know, brothers playing for different national teams in soccer, right? You've had like the uh, Prince Boeing and uh, his brother, and then you have the uh, uh, the U.S. has a has a player he plays for. His brother plays, I think, for El Salvador or one of those teams. Yeah. Well done, right? Yeah. The Boateng brothers. Yeah. And the most famous ones, the Dos Santos brothers, man. What about him? Gio and Jonathan. They both play for the same national team, though. I'm talking about different national teams. Oh, okay. Like different. They were both booty at America. Didn't do anything. Yeah. (laughs) Or Pollo Briseño or 
pretty much butchered his thigh, man, hey, on what? national TV. Did that, like, end up retiring him? Because, like, he, like, casuals asked me about Gio, like, what happened to Gio? I'm like, honestly, like, I think he just lost a part of his thigh and never came back, dude. Gio's, Gio's been retired, man, even before that. Yeah. Dude was just collecting a paycheck. Yeah, it was sad to see because I remember when he he arrived at the Galaxy and like the first couple months, every game he was like a goal and an assist. He's both or one of each. And he was just like, he looked like he was just going to tear the league apart. And then, um, then all of a sudden he just like disappeared. And that was that, dude. Well, tearing MLS apart—that's not hard to do, man. Just, uh, <laughs> Doesn't matter, but but you still want you still want like you haven't really had Mexicans do that, right? Where they come to the league and then they kind of show just how talented they are, and they're they're able to do that, like because you want to see that dominance, sort of how you had Chicharro we had when a, he was in the EPL and he was like Baltimore. scoring. Well, Demo did a great at fire, dude. He, but he was he was up there in age and he wasn't exactly and I like, think you know really, like like a truly dominant force, dude. I think Jorge like, Campos like, um, too was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Campos. Campos was decent. Yeah, took the team, but and Kubo I mean, Torres, like, dominant, dude. Like Kubo was the leading goal scorer, but I mean, like dominant, dude. Like. Do you know what I mean? Well, like, like, get his way. What about, what about Hector? No, because those, those are just guys that played good. I Dude, Guau got a got subbed in at halftime. Guau would get subbed out. Dude, Guatemala would Domin- like truly dominant. Dude, like. Dude, Guatemala would sub- get subbed in and take over the game. Did he win? Did he win the league? He won the All Star Game thing, the MVP. <laughs> That's Dude, pretty much the same as the league, man. First season no. with LA, he was like the most dominant player in the MLS. Who? Carlos Vela. That first he was. That's the, yes, he was. He was, he was yeah. the most dominant player in the MLS. Yep. The, the yeah. same was, guy yeah. that just got uh, ragdolled by Leon? Yeah. That Carlos Vela? The that one that, yes. that one they didn't do a fucking thing in that I final. Mean, look, but man, it doesn't season, matter. Though, that first season, he was the best. Yes. No, he had that's a great, exactly. he had a great day. And, and, and that's what I mean to that extent, you know, because like I, it shouldn't matter. It could be um, it could be the Honduras third division. You still want your players going out there and being amongst the best. That's ultimately what raises like your market value. Like so, when you see like Argentines, and like they're all over like Central America, and I bet every other club, like their key player is like some RG we never heard of, or some Brazilian, you know. And I, I think. I think uh... I think Rafa Marquez might go down as the worst signing in uh, DP history. <laughs> when he, he was at uh, New York, what was it? Sports, sports drink. What does that mean, um, DP? <laughs> you tell me what that means, Doc. <laughs> no, I don't know. Seriously, I don't. Wrong. That's the native wrong, player. Uh, wrong podcast. <laughs> Deep so, pockets. He, he wrong. They uh, have like crazy roster rules. I don't even know the rules, but. You can have like designated spots where like there's no salary cap. Like you can pay them as much as you want, but all the other players on the roster have limits. But you can trade your designated spots to other teams. It's a bunch of bullshit, bro. It's yeah. confusing. I don't know. They got general money. Uh, general some money. Other t- yeah, like they got like general money allocation and like a 
another like TMA money, whatever it means. Oh, what the fuck? It's, and then you need to have certain players under 22. It's, it's like you seem to know you seem to know enough a lot, boy. Yeah, no, dude. but it's confusing. Like I know the terms, but I don't. Know I don't know all the work. rules, but here they are. <laughs> No, I know the terms, but I don't know how they work. Like how I don't go to all the games, but I'm a season ticket holder, you know. <laughs> did you see the other guys when uh, uh, in, in the movie and uh, Mark Wahlberg starts dancing ballet? And he's like, well, I don't know. He said he just learned it to make fun of, to make fun of a kid. Oh. <laughs> That's yeah. this guy right now. No, we're just, just learned the rules to make fun of guy right now getting the Quinones. <laughs> Imagine if you had to ask, so is he taking the designated spot? Or what what spot is he doing on the roster? It's like annoying, like bro. Just yeah, that him. that does all of that holds. Yeah, that holds back this league, as far as like building stronger teams. That, that's so what that like, uh, LAFC coach said. That loser, that Chirizolo, <laughs> when he got when he got dominated by. I'm gonna Leon. tell him he said that. Well, that guy's a scrub, man. He got he got completely <laughs> dominated, and he made up excuses on the fly. Because his team was crap against Leon, and, Bro, and no one in the media, no one in the media said that, uh, that Liga MX took over as the best league in Concacaf after they beat uh, LAFC. But when, but when Seattle, the the whatever they're called, when they beat up a a, a makeshift Pumas team, <laughs> they're the next uh, PM, the next Premier League. They're the next. Uh, Calcio USA, man. Like <laughs> they a really good Peruvian dude. I'm still hurting. I want. I, I want to give a. Liga MX. I want to give a chance for Lopez to rebuttal. It seemed like he. Uh, you t- you pitched a nerve yes. there. Oh, did oh. <laughs> well, the last part with the Pumas. I am a Pumas fan. I, I'm gonna admit <laughs> that right now. Uh, that the line is pretty funny though. <laughs> But, but you agree it was a, a makeshift Pumas team. They had like a fourth tier Brazilian, a third year, a, a third uh, division Brazilian. That was like a Panamanian too, somewhere. Like were, a in Brazil. They, they were like when they go shopping for players, like when you go in and the bargain bin have been reduced. Yeah, yeah bargain bin. The things have been reduced like three times already. <laughs> just it's like, to get rid of it's like, I don't know, man. Just stick your hand in there and see what comes out. Special. <laughs> and, and the billion dollar team got dominated by uh, Kipo de Rancho. I The billion dollar big buck guys, they got completely dominated off the field. But you know the double standard with Liga MX and MLS. Uh, I agree. Um, <laughs> money money always doesn't translate talent. <laughs> no, that's true, but you got to tell him that he looked like a bum because he's the <laughs> face of a billion-dollar club, a club that's valued a billion dollars. All these are- he, After he loses, he comes out and says, there's more money on that side of the table. Bro, if you were like FC Dallas or like Colorado Rapids, like you can get away with it. But you're a billion dollar club value wise, and you just lost to Leon. And the first thing you start talking about is money, even when your wage bill is higher than Leon. Or if you were playing like Tigres or Monterrey and you lost, I'll even buy it. But the fact that you lost to Leon and the first thing you started talking about was money, come on. <laughs> like, yeah. it, it's just, 
it, it looked it looked stupid. And I knew where he was trying to go with it. He's going to express it right. He was trying to go with it that the MLS financial rules as far as how to build your roster limit you. I knew what he was trying to say, but the way he said it just came off stupid by saying there's more money on that side of the table when you just lost to Leon. I, you're, you you have more freedom to spend your money in Liga Mekis how you want as opposed to MLS. Yeah, I agree. I think, in all honesty, he, they just didn't know how to react towards that loss. Uh, Leon really, excuse my language, but really bitch-smacked them in the first few minutes of the game with that high pressure. Um, uh, there's always a manager that's going to run its course. Uh, Chorundolo, though. As far as the stats, they're absolutely amazing. That's why I cannot. I'm again. Uh, I'm a little bit of bias. I'm I'm a little bit of Galaxy fan too, but his stats speak for themselves. Uh, if he gets a hold of a bigger team, he can do some real damage. But again, uh, the players of Leon knew how to handle those those situations because they've been there. They've been in those big games already. I remember watching a, a, a CONCACAF crap final. It was a TJ against LA Galaxy. And LA Galaxy had like Roy Keane on there. And they got smacked around too by T by Cholos. Which yeah, figure was this? Cholos had some had a pretty good squad for a they, while. They had Benedetto, they did have him, but still. Yeah, there you go. And you gotta give like I know you gotta give Leon players some credit, but let's be honest. LAFC got out coach. Like Larcamon tactically, he's one of the best technicians in Liga Mekis. Ay, wey. He out coached them. <laughs> oh, man, cromeando, wey? No, I'm promising you. <laughs> no, he knows his stuff. Like he, he really knows his stuff. He told no, that he does. He, he, he does. told that guy. He pretty much Larcamon told him, go home and get your fucking shine box, man. That's what he yeah, told him. He cooked them, man. Like tactically. So that first half in Leon. Since LAFC has been the club, that's the most touches they did in their own box. Not their own half, their own box. Like, Leon was just on them that whole first half. Like, that first leg should have ended, you know, like 4-0, 5-0. And Larcamon did his work, and then he showed it on the second leg, too. That's the other thing. Like, LAFC got outcoached. They got outcoached, they got outplayed, everything. Yeah, I was there, that's man. Why they look like bums talking about money as an excuse. <laughs> they're, they're lucky America didn't play him because ah. that, that, that game would have ended up on the Pornhub channel instead of the on the to the end, man. That's that is stupid. Twelve zip, bro. Twelve zip. Always gotta call. Always gotta bring America into this. Always. We have uh, some chats on the YouTube. <laughs> Disco fever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Televisa, Joel's dream is to have an only Liga MX all-star based Mexican national team coached by a fatter Piojo. That guy's been going at Joel since the last, last podcast, man. It's I was true. On the YouTube it's true. He's going yeah. at We got to, hey, Disco, you got to hop on Twitter, dog. Personal, man. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I grew up actually seeing Televisa as a bad guy, and I think it's. The narrative get you know gets shaped that way because you know we hear we hear the media we hear the story so we hear all this like they control nah, this and they do all that. You let Chronicles brainwash you. That's what you did. Nah, dude, we 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 didn't actually agree on on uh, some of this stuff. Well, not even we do. Um, but 
But you see what they've done uh, for Mexican football and how much it's advanced, and they've played a big, a big part in it. They played a big part in Mexico hosting three World Cups. Uh, so they, it's actually, they've done, I know, but still, that that's what, ultimately, that's what it is. It's, but that's it's their job, man. It's like, second. it's like you compliment a parent for taking care of their kids. That's your job. If no, but, no, but, the, every, okay, but, but I'm saying, and the team, that's their job. But what's the alternative to tele- Televisa since everyone has, like, these X-Files? Well, there wasn't. There, You know, that's the exactly. thing. There wasn't. The Azteca's pretty recent. They came into the picture in the 90s. And even then, it's not like they had all this money. And they were paying things. all the TV rights to all these teams. So what are these? And, well, there's another thing where when Televisa was... You had some of these clubs that didn't have money, and they ended up owning like three or four clubs, and they were being attacked. And now you kind of have the same thing with like Grupo Legi with Santos and and Atlas, and then um, Grupo Pachuca, right? And they they get praised. And, and so, now, now you see it in the Premier League, Joel, and no one's saying anything. There's exactly in the. <laughs> so is everyone going to stop yeah. watching the Champions League now and the Premier League because of this? Yeah, the double See, standards, man. It is. It comes out. Well, well, the media, are you like know, the, are, are, are like the Anne Frank of uh, <laughs> football, just persecuted for no reason. Hiding. No, dude. America is the biggest cheater in all of Liga MX. I'm pretty sure America that. was doing the persecuting. Cause, and I, I wanted to call like you guys up because you guys are always talking bad about my precious America and about the national team. But I saw an article where there, uh, and uh, I even heard a couple of commentators on the on on the football shows, like on the on, on spicy soccer and stuff like that. They were saying that. That Almari, Almari, straight to DVD Vergara, is because that's where all their flowers to Ricardo Pelas, and now the Hierro. Okay, comes I believe it. No, but you, you guys have a tendency to give more credit. You know, he shows for, up and shit starts happening. What else is there? To no, do? but because a lot of stuff's already, you know, it's been put in motion. Like for example, PSV, right? She was. Chivas had announced that partnership with PSV, what was it, two years ago? And if that that's playing into this transfer, I can say it's because of Hierro. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, but you also so got to leverage it to your favor. He I probably, he probably <clears throat> said, give me Guti and let me keep Chiquete for one more year, and then I'll send you Chiquete. Um, I, I just did a little bit of digging on MG. So they became... One of the top brands uh, in Mexico in just a year and a half. They're owned by, uh, they there are they're Chinese, but they're British founded. Yeah. So they just they just they came into the next market recently. Yeah, it says uh, they've reached number ten in the rankings for new car sales, and they sold twelve thousand vehicles in their first four months in Mexico. That's pretty good, man. See, makes sense. Makes sense. It looks like a poor man's Mazda. Good for them. Hey, sounds like money laundering <laughs> to me, but if it's gonna help us, let's do it. You sold twelve cars, and now you're sponsoring Chivas. Twelve thousand, now you're sponsoring Chivas. Hey, let's let's do a little money. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll because, clean your money because, for you. No, but if you, I mean, that's 
think about like advertisement, where would you want to put, you know, who, who you want promoting your brand that's popular and that, that just makes sense uh, sponsorship wise. America? I'm, I'm, all <laughs> for, I'm all for the sponsors if it means we're going to get players, you know. At the same time, that's, man, that's I'm, where the money's coming I'm from. sick and tired of Puma, bro. It's time Nike makes us an offer that we can't refuse. I want hey, Nike. Puma, I know that. I'm still hurting for that 97 well jersey, the man. Jerseys, though. Yeah, the, the Tapatio jerseys look better than our jerseys, bro. <laughs> <laughs> They're handing that job to some interns. killing me. I like the little stripes, uh, the piano stripes. The- Those are cool. No, that the '97 jersey was like soul, dude. Can you believe it? Soul beer was part of the hating on. They didn't like that uh, how Nike did their logo. They just they just didn't put the colors. They wanted they wanted the whole colors of the logo yeah, on the jersey. Yeah, that's crazy, man. To to and like yeah, because if you see the soul logo or the old one from back then, mm-hmm. it's like a like a rectangle, and there's a sun. And then it says, like, in the fancy font, it says Sol, which is, have you seen the first Matrix movie when they're fighting in the subway? There's, there's, uh, it's in the background, their logo. Um, anyways, when the, for the jersey, Nike took out the sun and they just put the letters. It looked dope like that, but Sol had a fit, man. They wanted the whole, you know, their whole box with all of that shit. It's all, man. Yeah, well, it is what it is. Now. We're the next Tigres. They have 32 sponsors. We're on our way there. Damn. <laughs> no more clean jerseys. That, that lasted, what, two two seasons, maybe? Uh, we will have no sponsors on the jersey. Yeah, I, I remember that. You know, was it that first year when Vergara took over? Or, oh, four. Oh, yeah. four. When we had no sponsors. That was dope, dude. It doesn't necessarily mean they're going to go jerseys. You just do contracts where now all your stars have to do commercials for you, yeah. training tops, uh, training fields uh, on the brochures that you give to the fans when they come in, all that stuff. Not, not, not How do you guys feel about that, uh, the Mexico jersey they wore today? Was that a feminine jersey? Yes, sir. It was the women's one. Ah. It looks, it looks nice. Wasn't that announced though as Mexico's third jersey when they showed the new kids? No, that's that's the women's one. It's the women's jersey. I could have thought it was the third one though. It was inspired by the shark whale. <laughs> I still hate the logo, man. The new, the new badge. Oh, sorry, whale shark. No, I'm serious, dude. Like the jersey, like the spots. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the spots. Oh. Yep. I know a bunch of simps will go out there and buy it tonight after the 3-1 victory over IT. Folks, we're getting close to the two-hour mark. Want to leave you guys with your closing thoughts, and then we can wrap up this episode. All right. I'm going to just really quick, for, for Ricardo, I'm going to explain my take on the, on the clubs. So the, the club has to look up for the their best interest, which is themselves. So they have a good player. You're not going to send them to Europe because it's going to benefit the national team. That's not going to benefit them. 
right? They need the strongest squad they can have to have the best season. Um, but then I think ultimately, the stronger the teams are, the stronger the team is, then ultimately that's going to provide stronger players. So that's that's sort of my take on this, where if if the league becomes stronger overall, that will help the national team and not have this like mentality feels defeatist of like, we're not going to know what to do with this player. So let's just send them abroad or else we're going to lose a talent. Okay. Well, I completely disagree with Joel, but <laughs> always does. I'd like to thank you guys. It's always nice to talk football with you guys. And uh, I can't wait for, for the. I'm excited about the season to start, man. I'm looking forward. It's the best. Is the best league in the Western Hemisphere. I always say it. But well, to respond to Hall real quick, I get what he's saying. But I think yeah, because you. I see you, other you, leagues, man, and these other leagues. I like I whenever I get a chance. I'm not saying I'm an avid watcher. I, I spend time out of my way looking for, to watch the Argentine league or these other or the Uruguay league, but I watch these leagues, man. And they don't have like we always talk about how they're poor shit, and the only thing they export is football because they don't have anything going else for their country, right? But yeah. The, the, these guys are always busting out players left and right. I'm not saying so. I'm not saying so. All the young Mexicans to Europe. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying. If you're, if why go out of your way and spend? What's the point of having the your cantera structure, the liga expansion structure? Like I'm, like America. I see. I follow this uh, America cantera guy. They're always bragging about how America always has like the top goal scorer for the for those uh, divisions, right? Sub Dieciocho and all that, and all those guys never end up making it to the first division. So what's the point of doing all that? That's all. That's all I was saying. Because, because you ultimately do get some players like that, like Linus. Maybe he's not good now, but he was those first years. Um, Raul Jimenez, you've got um, <clears throat> Memochoa. So you will ultimately get some players. Chivas, right when they had, when they had Salcido and they had Massa and, and Bravo and Medina. And they had all these players that kept coming out of their youth system. But it's not a guarantee. You're not going to, you could go years without producing some good talent, but eventually you'll have one or two players. You know, that was the one thing where like, I keep telling you guys to listen to the, um, to the podcast with Medrano. And I believe that's the one podcast. I, I think it's the one I'll listen to it again. Uh, do the homework for you guys with with um, Nestor de la Torre and he's explaining about the Cantera and how they would sell players and out of all the out of all the like um, prospects they had not not all of them were going to go to the first team some were going to be sold to other teams and then that's how they made money too so you know just because they didn't make it to the first team doesn't mean that the whole project was a bust if they ultimately 
And, and of course, it doesn't have to always just be first division teams or to Europe. It could be to second and third division teams. Right? Talent's talent. And then all these teams need players and it's talent, but for, I guess, different level. Um, and that's that's part of the reason, too, where, where you have um, your canteras because you can't just be buying, you know, you can't just be buying the talent. At that point, it's like you will end up spending way more money. And if you're generating some of your own players. But a problem is, well, that I, 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 with that, what you just said, I agree with, like, you got to sell the players to make you like, like you said before, the football team, it's a, it's a, that guy's business. He's got to keep up. Yeah. I get that. But, what, but I, in the last podcast, what I liked about what you said was about how Mexico never had that grassroots moment that you mentioned, right? No. Yeah, it's it like, it skipped it. it like, Completely you know, skipped it, right? yeah. But, well, you had the war. You you had the, you just really quick, you had some Mexican the football was going on, and then you had the... Um, Mexican damn, Revolution Mexico, and all that, right? The Mexican Revolution started around that. So, like, you could look at Chivas, right, when they started, and it was all the extranjeros, and look at the years, and then look at the years when the... The Mexican Revolution started, and you you could even go and see the a lot of the clubs that were there, like the British, with with British players, and and but they were more they were more clubs than just soccer team because you know they played different sports, but a lot of them ended up disappearing or or leaving, and that was a big part. And then after that, you had like a kind of a second wave of the football coming in. Yeah. No, but well, Mexico, ultimately, Mexico can't be successful if there's only a handful of teams. And by a handful, I mean four or even three that are producing <laughs> players for the national team. Because Mazatlan, Querétaro, there's no point of these guys even existing. Like, what's the point of them even have a, having a cantera when you know oh, their team is full, full of extranjeros? And that's a detriment to the league. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's where that's, that's where I mostly that's where my points coming from. Not so much Chivas that they sell their players. I get what they're doing, but there there's more than there's about eight or ten teams in Liga MX that don't do that. So they're just wasting space. Yeah, and that that's of course that's what the league's rule of having unlimited foreigners. So it becomes for some of these teams, it becomes cheaper to just go to South America. and a big part because South America, you know, like the whole you know, their economy, it's like a big bargain bin. So it's cheaper for them to go over there and and just get a bunch of players. But but even that can end up costing them, you know, if that's, you're just relying on that because you, you're not always going to bring five good players. You probably get a decent one and then four that are pretty bad. There was also that whole corruption thing that, you know, Lopez started the show with, you know, the whole paying to play, right? The, the thing that we see in Club de Cuervos, like that's a real thing. I, I know it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a TV show and it might be exaggerated a little bit, but I always feel like there's a little bit of truth to that. And I've always wondered yeah. why, why, you know, it, we have like the world-class talent at 17 and then we hand it off to a professional debut and like we drop the ball. And I've always wondered like what's going on there. And uh, a prime example of that is like Perez Bouquet. You know, he he looked very promising for Tapatio. He made his debut with Chivas. He looked great, and then just never got back to the first team. 
and now he's been loaned out to uh, to Juarez, right? It's like, yo, what what happened to this kid? Like, okay, but see, but if you're using him as an example for the corruption, then you're gonna have to throw the Iron Man under that bus because he's overseeing that, and he's gonna agree to that. Do you know what I mean? Is he? But, well, you're pretty much saying he is. If it's if if there's corruption at that end, I'm saying like, you know what I mean? Because a lot, you could have one good game, but then that doesn't mean that you're at that level with with some of these players. I mean, I don't I don't know what's going on with the coaches, but it's what it's been like two, three different coaches now that that just haven't kept him or or started I him. Would, um, you know, somebody had tweeted something about all the players and who are they being represented by, like what agency. I would. Yeah. We need some fucking nerd to like look at some like patterns and see exactly. Hey, are there trends? Are there certain, you know, coincidences with certain agencies yeah. and certain players? But I mean, but if you're at Chivas already, the club, you already have a contract with them, and you're very promising, and they couldn't make a lot of money. But I feel like players. They're not going like to bury you, you because you don't pay a coach. No, I, I feel um, like the youth contract. You have your youth contract, right? But then finally, when you're at that point where they're trying to give you a professional contract, I think that's where maybe the the ball is getting dropped, right? Like this is the biggest risk for a club because they're getting showcased at the under seventeen, the under twenties, and now you have all these scouts from all over the world wanting to get these players. And they potentially can with the free, you know, because like they're they're on youth contracts. They might be able to get this guy um, without a contract and not have to pay Chivas anything. And I think Chivas are forcing players to sign contracts that may not be the most, you know, desirable, especially for a kid that can jump, like skip the whole Chivas thing and go straight to a team in Europe. Yeah. You know, like what happened to Carlos Vela. I think they probably like mm-hmm. they're trying to lock him in for a certain contract, and they're like, hey, if you don't sign, then we're just not going to play you anymore. But there's been the news making rounds about corruption with the youth systems, um, and the ESPN guy um, Rafa Ramos said he has receipts and he's going to drop him soon. Um, I know there was an article about him, Club America. I didn't, I didn't really look into it though, but this guy was talking about more like league wide. A bunch of clubs that were involved with this, but, but I think it, one of the big parts has been with the in the past money laundering, and that was you know player transfers mostly for foreign players. I don't know how this goes into youth. Hey, I wanted to add one last thing because uh, I uh, I caught you guys a little late. And that guy, uh, Lu- Lopez, he was talking about the youth system, right, in Mexico? Mm-hmm. And yeah. all the, that pay-to-play crap? Well, yeah, I, I would have I'd liked be- him to go more in detail. Go on. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm really interested in that subject because uh, my little nephew, the one I was talking about, that went to the to the uh, Mexico game. Yeah. I took him back uh, when the Gold Cup, when they lost to the U.S. Uh, they played Canada, I believe, here in Houston. And uh, we signed, he wanted a tryout for soccer, right? Well, he wanted to try it out. And we found this place uh, that it was like promoted with like the Dynamo and um, some other shit. It's a fancy place. I went inside. It's like a big warehouse. It looks real fancy. Like the turf, oh. like real modern looking. And 
they're, they're charging well was, i was going half seas with my sister we we're charging the that place was charging us like 650 a month Jeez. We, we between both of us we can afford it 650 how, for what how to train how? them oh yeah, play play with the team right and it was nothing but little white kids and little white girls. I'm just gonna put it. How that. often? How often? Um, how often? Like, was the training and twice a week. Damn. Just just twice a week. Twice a week. So the place is, you through the, the cleaners, man. Don't don't give me a little bit. The Mexican neighborhood. And drop them off there and tell them. But, but, but the there isn't one, man. Like there was when I was growing up. There was like a little park where they trained the little kids. And every and uh, they they have like Sunday games, right? And but they they completely just knocked it over. It's done but grassland now. I think they're gonna build like warehouses there. But what I was gonna what I was gonna get to is like, everyone's talking about these uh, these pochos that we're gonna miss out on them. But I don't think you're gonna get the the hood pochos, the apocalypto pochos, right? Exactly. <laughs> You're going to get these rich, these little rich kids that know someone or they got money because yeah. after a while, my, my nephew, he's like, I don't know, man. At the same while this was going on, we, we must have paid for like a year and a half. And that's when the, around the Astros, they won it too, the World Series. And his, his elementary school started promoting the baseball because they got like a real big uh, little league scene where my sister lives they like uh, i think a team won the little league world series oh. close to where she lives and there's a houston astros guy that promotes it that played for the astros back in the 80s oh nice and this guy hooked up my nephew with like like three bats a bunch of gloves like brand new gear and they have them training like every other day man Damn. Like, some tobacco yeah, just missing that chewing tobacco. <laughs> chewing they got the uh, Major League gum. That was my yeah. favorite. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or the Popeye. Damn, bro. Six fifty a month for eight <laughs> lessons. Whew, that's a lot, man. It was a lot, dude. I think the, I was thinking like maybe three, four times a week. Hey, How bro. The training, though? You, like, can, like you can go to a Cascarita, bring a Kawama, bro, and they'll let you play, dude. Yeah. Playing the, the the training was like uh, I dropped them off once when I when I wasn't working it, it was like uh, an hour and a half. Wait, no game like just just drills. Oh, he played no he played some games on the weekend, but I didn't have time to go do all that. My sister did that. Ah, uh, okay. Still, yeah, man, that's, that's expensive. Crazy. Man. These pochos, we're not getting the good ones, man. <laughs> but I mean, but but see, those those are like the academies that help you so they do the whole school system of like you go through high school and then college and then the college they have a draft and then you could get you could get scouted like that um, well, those are so the that, bums though those are the bums no but i mean that's kind of how it goes here because now you go also if there's a club in your city they have the the youth academies too where you could go and and you know Put your kid in the in that academy. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, if you make it to the college draft, like you're a bum. Like, uh, the college you like homegrown players, like they <laughs> sign you to a homegrown player contract at 15, 16 years old. If a one of the academies does not sign you to a contract, and they rather have you go to college, graduate college, and then go through the college draft, 
you have very little chances of making it, and, like, they don't, like, respect you. So I know Jaime doesn't like MLS talk, but St. Louis, since they were the new team, they had the first pick. And you know what they traded the pick for? For $300,000. <laughs> like, if you're, a, if you're on the college draft, it's like, hey, man, if you weren't good enough to Yeah, you should have already been 15, pro by now. 16, 17, you're not good enough. Yeah, because, like, how old are you when you come out of college? You're, like... Like, 21, 22. Yeah, by then, you should already be professional. Yeah. Yeah, like, these guys are... It's, not, the, like the, the it's least... not like NFL draft, NBA draft, where you're getting the best of the best. No, All these right, are, like, but, leftovers. But at least if you did that, like, as a player, um, at least you got to especially if you got like scholarship then at least you have a, a college degree oh yeah no for oh, sure yeah, like, you I'm might knocking, not be not knocking that but no your yeah. goal is to get in, into an academy and like have a contract I, right but i do i do think for a lot of these like like academies like you're saying that's kind of like their ceiling too where it's like you may not be a pro but you got you got the, the scholarship you got the college paid for and you got a degree on whatever, and so it doesn't really matter if you're a pro because yeah, you're yeah, gonna no, have that's a more way to go. But if you're trying to be a pro and that's your objective, if you wind up in college, there's very little chance. That you're oh, okay. No, yeah, I, I agree with that. I'm just saying, like, I, I guarantee you, a lot of the parents that have their kids in some of these academies, that's part of their their thing, you know. Like, oh, so you might not be pro, but at least you got the college paid for. No, agreed. And then uh, my closing thoughts real quick. Yeah. Uh, Liga Mekis, I found out today, it starts tomorrow. Looking at schedule, yeah, I'm going to watch, but I'm not going to take any of the results series. To me, this is preseason because, like, Chivas just played May 28th, and then it's, like, literally 30-something days later, and it's yeah. already back to the tournament. They play, like, Leon, Necaxa, San Luis. And then we go into League's Cup, which is, I guess, the real preseason. Mm-hmm. And then we start late August. And, you know, uh, transfer window opens uh, Saturday. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so through, like, whole, like, League's Cup, teams are still going to be, like, looking for their transfers, everything. So I think real Liga Mekis starts once League's Cup ends. I'm just going to take these, like, preseason games because yeah. they only got the refuerzos, none of that. But speaking of refuerzos, I think Hierro, I'm going to give him his flowers. He's putting on a master class. <laughs> you can tell he learned from Papa Florentino how to negotiate. Because what he is doing, rumor is, this is from Chapi Herrera. You know, she's a pretty good source. With yeah. Uh, that Alan Pulido got a pre-contract signed with uh, Chivas. So he's coming in January. Because Kansas City, they don't care about the $2 million. They'd rather keep him. And make it in playoffs and potentially so you'll be a free. You'll be a free make two million, so it's gonna be free. He already has a pre-contract signed. Just so waiting for July first to come around the corner. Nice. Same thing with Guti. Look, do I think Guti's amazing? No, I agree with Ricardo. I think he's like overhyped. Like he never had that great of a season in Europe. But he could have gone and gone to Cruz Azul and Garland Charlie Rodriguez, and Cruz Azul would have wanted what like 12, 13 million for Charlie Rodriguez. So he went to Europe and got Guti on the low, like for five, six million. And then what he's doing with um, Campillo and Perez Bouquet, what Perez Bouquet contract says, he has to play a specific amount of minutes. If not, they have to send him back. So he's forcing Juarez to play him. That's good. And, he, and they can call him back every six months. Campillo 
uh, they sold Juarez like a percentage or they can buy a percentage of his rights, but Chivas still owns all his rights, like the majority of his rights. So if he they do yeah. something on Juarez, it's only going to be a percentage and he becomes a big thing. He's doing like Madrid does. Like, all right, you didn't make it to the first team, but see ya, we're still going to keep a part of you if you do become big. And then on Tapatio, even though they were champions, he bought, like, some dude from Spain who was playing, like, with Granada, like, Mexican kid. He brought this other guy from Expansión who was a baller. So he's even, like, you know, creating internal competition with Tapatio. Like, it's not like, oh, you guys are champions, so we're just going to trust you. No, now we're going to bring you even more competition. Mm -hmm. So if he pulls off Pulido, Pocho Guzman, Guti, Otapota comes back next season, hey, maybe <laughs> <laughs> money. But I think I think he's putting on a master class, man. I think he's doing well. we'll see. I think, yeah. So I'm excited. He's already done more I, than uh, Pelas. I'll tell you that. Yes. Oh. But I'm not excited for these three weeks. I'm getting blind from all the Chrome. Liga Messi <laughs> starts after the League's Cup. You heard it here first. <laughs> hey, man. Thanks for I'm your hot blinded. take. Yeah, then what you I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gromeando a hierro, but he has already done more for Chivas than Pelaz, bro. And my favorite. All right, here's my favorite part about Yero. He doesn't say a fucking word. He doesn't have a press yes, conference. This dude yes, is is not. He's just doing it all behind the scenes, dog. Pelaz. Pelaz would call a, a fucking press conference. Chivas was in the. Third, when Pelaez came in, he he picked them up, he dusted them off. Dude, Pelaez was puro humo, bro. All talk, no, no dude, show, on, dude. Even his fucking, him. even his press conference saying goodbye was a fucking joke, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, I want to thank all the teams, not just Chivas, all the teams throughout my career. I'm like, dude, Too much bro. Hate. Too much hate. I don't bro, know what you're, happened. You're, you're getting fired. You're not dying, all right? Like, I know, dude. On. He's like, come on, man. He made it all about himself, not about Chivas, and I. Yeah, screw that guy. I, I give, I give the Iron Man. And then he I has the balls to be like he's doing everything. Jim, he 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 has the balls to look at Jimmy in the face and be like, "My biggest regret at Chivas is not bringing you because you are so good." I'm like, dude, stop mm. it. You want to talk about Cromiendo? That's Cromiendo. Yeah, right exactly. <laughs> I can't even watch that interview. The the one he did with Jimmy two years, two months ago. It was like, come on, bro, just stop. Yeah. Oh, the well, the one that had me weak is when uh, he's like, "I'm gonna give you guys an exclusiva right now to the La Rosa from Teduene." And what's the guy that? Uh, oh yeah, he's like, "I almost brought my Sherano to oh, Chivas." Oh yeah, but I got fired. And then the La Rosa looks at him. He's like, "That's the exclusiva." He's like, "Yeah, that's the exclusiva. Like, you should thank me." I'm like, "Bro, nobody cares about you almost bringing my Sherano to Chivas." Yeah. If anything, that would have been a clown move. Bring my Sherano, who couldn't even qualify his U20 team to a World Cup. It had to be gifted to him. And that was your big move? That was, like, the answer to everything? My Sherano? It's like, yo, I almost banged this girl. It's like, dude, (laughs) like, what? He's like, yeah, man. No one wanted a bang. She was in my DMs, dude. Uh, Okay, bro. (laughs) Like, no, but for real, for real, I was going to bang her, but, you know, I got fired. Like, sure, bro. Is she in the same room as you right now? Do you... <laughs> but uh, anyways, folks, uh, I want to... Driving my boy. <laughs> <laughs> you defend them too much. Oh, <laughs> man. 
Look what you've done to my boy. Look at me with the Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> all right it's, it's time to tap out for the night guys thank you guys so much for your support uh liga mekis returning tomorrow we have the last group game match on sunday so we'll try to podcast probably on a regular schedule tuesday night um but if i don't hear from you guys till then you know have a great fourth of july day weekend and we will catch y'all in the next one ciao